of the Chillinois Podcast. Just a few public service announcements before we jump into today's show. Uh, if you'd like to get in touch with us, go to chillinois.net slash contact. That's chillinois.net slash contact. From there, you can send us a message. Um, you can give us a call and leave us a voicemail. Um, or you can bounce to uh, our social media uh, from that web page. Um, a few other announcements. Speaking of social media, we're on Instagram at Chillinois Podcast and on Twitter at Chillinois State. Um, be sure to follow us on Instagram because uh, occasionally we'll ask you, uh, or on social media, occasionally we'll ask you for uh, feedback or if you want to submit questions to the show. And we actually did that today. We've got a question from a listener. Uh, so we'll be going over that right at the start of the show. Uh, but really quick, shout out to Cathartic Output for producing our introduction song. Um, you can learn more about Cathartic Output, a local uh, a musician local to Chillinois at catharticoutput.com. That's C-A-T-H-A-R-C, sorry, C-A-T-H-A-R-T-I-C-O-U-T-P-U-T.com. Uh, support your local Chilinoians, folks. And last but definitely not least, we launched a cannabis review library, or re- relaunched our cannabis review library. The idea behind making this data-free, public, searchable, and manipulatable, manipulatable, I can't say that word, <laughs> is to allow for a more informed pers- purchaser. Let's help each other out, people. So be sure to submit your reviews to chillinoinet slash reviews. From there, you can download the available data. Uh, currently, the data is a little bit old because, again, we are relaunching. Um, but uh, I'm sure that more data is probably following uh, flowing in as we speak. I actually just want to take a little peek, maybe even embarrass myself on live uh, radio. We've gotten zero responses. So, folks, <laughs> submit your... Uh, Cannabis reviews to chillinois.net slash reviews. Um, like the user Vintage Bud says on Reddit, um, this is an excellent contribution to the shared economy of cannabis. Let's help each other out. Um, and with with that in mind, let's bring on our good friend, uh, Bree, the canisseur. Bree, welcome back to the Chillinois podcast. Hello, glad to be back. Yeah, so like I say, bringing you back on in the spirit of helping out our consumers, and uh, why don't we just, well, before we dive right into it, Bree, can you tell us where we can find you on social media? You can find me at Bree the Canisaur on Instagram. I do a lot of funny videos as well as display what I'm infusing that week. I'm big on infusing eddies if you have any questions or, you know, need any guidance in regards to just the industry in general, please message me. If I can answer it, I will. If I can't, I'll send you to someone who do, who can. Hell yeah. Bree's a really good uh, resource. Um, and uh, you know definitely what's going on in the cannabis industry. And like you say, if you don't, you know who to point. Uh, I know who does. To. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. Well, um, before we talk about anything and everything, Uh, Why don't we talk about a question that we received uh, before the show? This comes from Ralph Wiley Farms on Instagram. Uh, They say, education of of the masses is what makes weed good, better, and best. Sorry, I'm having trouble. That 
sorry, we're Ralph, but that sentence that's reads roughly to me. Yeah. That's a <laughs> Um, he wants to know things to avoid and things to look for in properly grown and cured weed. What makes one thing top shelf and something else just okay? And it is not the THC content. Teach people to trust their sentences, senses, not a lab test. We all figured out what was good and bad way before a lab test. So it's kind of open-ended his, yeah. I mean, it, it's a question slash statement, I think. Um, yeah, he, he, he asked a question, but he answered it, but it was he, also correct, but I'll explain. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Um, so I think I want to shift this as well into a how to buy guide, because I've noticed with being in the call center, a lot of people don't know how to navigate their dispensary experience and it's a lot easier than you think even though it looks challenging but to start with what he asked quality can be seen with flour by the ash of your smoke when you roll that up when you put it in that bowl if that ash is not white there is a problem there i would ask questions i would investigate i would look at it smell it and you know kind of figure out what's going on as well as you know other tests like you know the flame test to make sure there's not glass and stuff and stuff like that can be found online by just googling testing your flower but the the main one that i like the best is you know looking at that ash when that ash is pure white that's how you know you have good flower um top shelf versus everyone else like he's like he said i don't believe in the whole top shelf versus everyone else else thing there are several brands that are not considered a top shelf that literally punch top shelf brands in the face but by true definition top shelf is usually the more expensive and luxury brand you usually see something that says private reserve or they have like a really nice and sleek packaging they're known for their highest quality as well as you know the highest thc percent as well as the most radical inventions. So to relate to us in Illinois, that's going to be your your Verano, your Cresco, which isn't considered top shelf, but it kind of is, you know, um, but Verano definitely being the top of the food chain. But going back to what he said, it's not THC percentage, it's really quality. So if you say top shelf, to me, that means quality. So that could be a rise or you know, Bedford sometimes. Go by the product, not by where it sits on the shelf overall, if I have to give you any advice. And then I said I was going to talk about how to purchase, right? Where should I start with that? Hmm. Well, um, I mean, I think a good a good starting point for people is, you know, find your Just nearest picking location. picking the dispensary? Yeah, yeah. So finding your location. I think is probably a good place to start. And I guess step two, you know, you don't want to, I, I personally with as busy as the dispensaries can be nowadays um, mm -hmm. with as you know, limited supply. I always encourage people look at the menu before you go, you know? Oh, that's a huge one. Yeah. I cannot stress that enough. I work in a call center. So all the calls that you guys make nine times out of 10, I get them. I promise you, you can answer all of your questions by just visiting that dispensary's website visit it first don't go by google don't go by weed maps don't go by leafly um 
unfortunately, you will see a profile for a lot of the dispensaries we have here at each place because there was a time where we utilized them a lot. But with recreational, that happened and they transitioned to their own websites, nine out of 10. So the information you're seeing there might not be accurate. So go, go directly to that website for that company. You will save yourself a lot of time. View that menu. The menu is actually a lot smarter than you think. You just have to know your verbiage. And a lot of people think, well, I don't know what any of this means and I don't know how to find out. Yes, you do. One quick Google search or your best friend in the world, leafly.com. There is a word you don't know, Google it or plug it in leafly.com. You're gonna get a good answer and you're gonna get a better answer than you might get from either calling or you know, just coming in and asking it. Try your best not to come in as a walk-in. We don't wanna turn you guys away, but nine times out of 10, those dispensaries are booked solid unless it's a slow day, which happens rarely. And even then, if you come in as a walk-in and don't have a reservation, try to make one in the parking lot. That's the only way that you can secure your product and make sure that you're for sure getting through the door because there are those days where they just can't take walk-ins. There are those days where you saw something online and now it's sold out once you got there. Think smart, not hard. Treat this as you would treat any other store. I cannot stress this enough. If your product is also defective, because that happens too a lot, reach out to the cultivator themselves. Um, it it would be ideal to reach out to the dispensary and say like, hey, this happened. And nine times out of 10, they can give you a replacement. But for certain uh, defects, reach out directly to the cultivator so that you're letting them know that's what they're doing. Because a lot of times they don't know. They're just sending something out. It gets approved and then we get it. And we're not able to firsthand check it and tell and, you know, send it back. You're really telling us what's happening. So do your part and make sure you're reporting it to both places and save us some time and Google everything. Those strain names, I guarantee you there's a Google profile about it. Um, the strain reviews that Chillinoise is putting up, those are gonna be important. Read them. Know that every, that every strain reacts to you as a person differently, but read those reviews so you can at least get the gist like you would any other supplement or any other item that you would purchase from Amazon, if I'm honest. Is that giving them a pretty good start, you think? I think it is. I think um, I think you touched on this, and so did well, the listener that wrote in. But, you know, um, THC percentage is not everything, folks. Just think not. about it. Think about it this way, and, and if you are, if you don't consume alcohol, that's fine. But most alcohol consumers don't go to the to the liquor store and buy their drinks based off of alcohol percentage, and the same applies uh, to cannabis. Um, the percentage is not everything. Oftentimes, like we've talked about with Orego Labs, um, the the calculation isn't necessarily uh, denoting that you have let's say 36% THCA, it actually may be 36% of a combination of cannabinoids. Um, and if you look uh -huh. closely at your label, 
you'll notice sometimes that the four cannabinoids that they display do not add up to what's on the label. That is, a, that is an instance in where if you'd like to know what um, the cannabinoids are actually testing at, you need to request uh, the full lab report um, from the store, which you do have uh, a legal right to do, and uh, I believe they are required to provide um, a, a lab test. We've had some people do it in the past. so. Request that by email, please, for the love of all things holy. Yeah, don't go into the store. Don't go into the store and ask about it. Definitely send it by email. Try to give as much information. Don't call. (laughs) Yeah, try to give as much much information as you can, like uh, where you purchased it from, the batch number, which is on your testing label, um, and they'll ask you for any more information. But don't go in and ask that from a bud tender because they do not directly have access to it more often than not. Actually, they'll probably look at you like you're fucking crazy um, and have no idea what you're talking about. So, And that's not on them. That's on the company that trained them or lack thereof. You know what I mean? So uh, don't freak out on your bud tender for not, first of all, being aware of this concept or second of all, being able to provide you this documentation. It's really something that you should deal with uh, the cultivator with. And if you have any problems, um, I would say move on to the state because they have an obligation to provide you uh, with this information. So, um, also, go ahead. Go ahead. No, also be very gentle with your bud tender. They're seeing a lot of people a day, and it increases by the day. Also, they're getting a lot of tubes that you couldn't even believe. So if you're having a moment where you're a little impatient about something or you just don't like the website or you don't like, you know, the selection, understand that's not on your bud tender and that even by saying it to them, you're not saying that to them. You're just adding a little bit more to their day that they did not need, you know, write that email and and address it directly to management so that they can actually do their, their job and get it to corporate where it should be. Your voice matters, your opinion matters, but that bud tender goes through enough that day. And the bud tender also doesn't, let's just be honest, and this is nothing against our our, budness, our bud tenders or wellness advisors as some, you know, as they're called at some establishments. Um, mm-hmm. They, I just lost my train of thought, but here I go trying to get it back. Um, <laughs> It's not, oh, here we go. And this is, so this isn't a slight to them, um, but it's not, they don't have a lot of, uh, they have zero authority and they don't have a lot of influence. Let me put it that way. And in everything you need, you know, if you're going to do anything, if you're going to make any changes, you need authority. And if you don't have the authority, you need the influence. They have zero authority, low influence. So yelling at them, giving them any attitude, anything else, that's just like, and again, this is not a slight. I want to make that very clear to my bud tenders and wellness advisors listening. Yelling at your bud tender is like yelling at your at the person at the drive-thru at McDonald's about what's on the dollar menu. You just, Bad. you're not going to get anywhere. I am not offended at all by that. That's literally what it feels like. It yeah. literally feels like you took the time out of your day to... You know, and we hear you. We have the same frustrations as you. What you all forget is we shop here too. We go to these places just like you. We say these exact same things behind the scenes. So you're not falling on deaf ears. But also say that stuff to the correct ears. 
you know, say that stuff to the state, say that stuff to the management. So management, your legislators, your representatives. Yes. All those things. Say them to the right people, tweet it at the company, put it on their social medias. Those are the things you do when you actually want the change. Saying it to the bud tender who nine times out of 10 because they're hired so fast and recycled so fast does nothing. They barely know what's going on nine times yeah. out of 10, especially when you're asking them about product as well. Like what's the, what's the dankest thing here? Or what do you see that comes the most often? Hate to tell you this Barb, but the product changes so often and people are so different person to person. They're never going to give you that answer. I've been working here for two years. I've never caught a pattern for any product, not a one. Right. I've seen every product we've had and there's never been a product for any of them except for high THC flowers. And well, that unless you can change name. Yeah. Let so. No, go ahead. I, I just wanted to say that uh, you know, bud tenders. Uh, we should make this clear. We've said this on the podcast in the past. There are there's not really any compliance training for bud tenders, or at least any required compliance training. Um, and you know, I'm not going to name any names, but I was just on a cannabis cultivators podcast, and I. It's in the podcast if you guys can connect the dots. I ask them in the podcast, hey, have you ever gotten any compliance training? And they were like, oh, that's, a, that's a good idea, but no, <laughs> we've not. So, I mean, it's – and this, this is not – again, on them, this is pretty much – this is true across all uh, companies, cultivators, dispensaries in the state of Illinois. There's not – I mean, there's no requirement, and so why, why would you expect that, that they – do any training they don't all all they do is make sure that you have the correct paperwork um, in order to work at the store and once you do they put you on the floor and really they rely on yourself your own research um, and your own purchases too um, you know uh, to figure to... out how to help people correct yep and that's hard so when you say like when you come in and you ask those questions, they're not being jerks to you. They they want they wish they had that answer for you. They wish they can answer for that for you. But they and they can't. wish they had you that product. They wish they had, they wish they had that knowledge. Another, yeah, exactly the knowledge. But also like sometimes like it's like if you go to a store and you're like, hey, I want an ounce of the Gorilla Glue number four. It's not like they want to turn around and be like, yep, we're out of that. You know, like they don't want yep. that. They want to give you what you want. You know what I mean? And at the end of the day, they don't grow it. They just check the items in and stock the shelves. That's another misconception uh, that people people aren't aware that the cannabis is only stocked at the store. It's not cultivated or, or uh, processed or extracted, uh, processed. Perfect or scenario. It's like going to Target and then you ask the person stocking the shelves and your cashier, what's the best laundry detergent? But this person doesn't know anything about you. And even if you did tell them everything about you, they're still making an educated guess yeah. on what they th think you would like. They know what they like, but they are educatedly guessing for you. And then they're doing this in an environment where there's a new product every day, and sometimes the products aren't the same. So now you got tied. Now you got tied with this new scent that smells like bamboo then you have the natural tide that doesn't make you itch and then you have oxyclean and then you have bleach and that comes in different brands you have to think of it as if you're going to that target there's so many different things in there there's so many things 
And nine times out of 10, your bud ten, your average bud tender today was not there at the beginning to try everything, to know how it evolved into what the product is today. And even as that person myself, knowing that once again, and I cannot stress this enough, cannabis reacts to every person differently. Every, per, every product will hit you as a person differently than the person sitting next to you or even the person that recommended it. Adding in those factors, you have to be able to navigate yourself and you are doing yourself a disservice by not doing that research and, you know, finding out this journey for yourself. That's even with using the computer to online order. If you are not technology savvy, grab your niece, grab your nephew, grab some help because I kid you not, it is busy in that dispensary and just you taking the due diligence to do your part and make it easier for that person to get through that day makes their day so much smoother because so many other things happen. Absolutely. Well said. Um, I wanted to bring back something, uh, bring up something that we talked about at the beginning of the show. Um, and my goal yeah. is not to dispel or, or anything else. It's just, I've heard this, I've heard, uh, you know, this concept thrown around a lot and, uh, I've not done a lot of reading on it. And to be honest, uh, when I've done quick, quick Googles on it and I try to do it before the show, I wasn't able to try, I wasn't able to find any uh, of what I consider to be authority, authoritative sources or authoritative sources. Mm -hmm. Um, or sorry, no, I mean authoritative sources. Uh, I wasn't able to find any like dot edus or any official studies on any of this, but, uh, the, the whole ash test concept. So, um, I've got a few sources, potguide.com, ohiomarijuanacard.com. Again, not saying these are studious sources or anything, but they did a little bit of writing on the subject. And um, it's interesting. Sure. So this, the story goes, so where does the, the ash thing come from? Um, so uh, its origins appear to have come from connoisseurs of a completely different crop. The insistence that white ash equates to higher quality product comes from cigar aficionados. The Cigar Association of America even notes the fact on their website. Let me check this out. Cigarassociation.org. Um, it's loading really slow. I, it's on here. What Ash tells you about your cigar, published on June twenty fourth, twenty fifteen. Again, not saying that that's an authoritative source either. But um, so the story goes that when the U.S. ceased trade with Cuba, imitation Cuban cigars flooded the market and could be distinguished by their darker ash color. Tobacco grown in authentic Cuban soil was higher in minerals and nutrients. Cigar historians argue, resulting in lighter ash. In modern cannabis grow markets where nutrient content can be carefully monitored, monitored and a variety of methods are used, ash color, according to these people, is unlikely to definitively or yeah, definitively differentiate or distinguish between the quality of the source. But they do give us they do give us some suggestions, and I think they're pretty simple ones. Regardless of the okay. exact processes that uh, the ash test is meant to illuminate. One thing about the result is certain. If the bud harshly fails uh, the ash test, it's usually a sign of something you don't want to smoke. And so in other words, if it's super black, sticky, bubbly, crackly, um, un unpleasant to smoke, really harsh, um, chemically tasting, and you, you know, some strains are a little gassy, so uh, like gasoline, 
So do be mindful or peppercorny. of peppercorny or peppercorny. Peppercorn. Yep. Peppercorn but, makes your throat itch and it's not, it's not the weed saying that it's bad. That's literally what the peppercorn turp does. It yeah. tingles your nose and your throat. I would say that even if you're a quote unquote rookie, it's going to be pretty obvious if you're smoking something that, that shouldn't be smoked. Like I say, if it's, um, you know, popping, crackling, um, sticky ash, um, Gray you know. ash. I have seen gray ash, and that's made me questionable. Yeah. When I've had off flower, it's been kind of gray on the ash. Right. And so, um, propon- just to read another source really quick. Um, one second here. I, f- I thought I. Oh, um, so according to Dr. Kushif of It's Primo, which let's see what this is itsprimo.com. I don't even know. I don't even know. This like guy has a doctor in front of his name, so he must be uh he must be official, right? No, I'm just must joking. Be but... something. <laughs> yeah. Um so they he says any carbon-based combustible material will first turn charcoal and appear black. It, it's the persistence of the heat that chemically alters the substance. So, if you keep on burning the plant to the point where there's no carbon left, you'll reduce the plant substance to its mineral content, which is most most likely calcium, phosphorus, potassium, sodium, and magnesium. When you see this, you're now smoking weed that appears to leave behind white ash. Um, so, um, ultimately, there are many ways to know that you're, that the cannabis you're purchasing is quality prior to using it. The smell is one of the most recognizable. It's a little hard to describe smell of good ca- cannabis to a to a new user, of course. Um, with terps, yeah, I was could, about, that was literally what this article says next. Yeah, the stronger the smell of terpenes, the more likely the plant was grown properly. If you look at the plant for visible crystal crystallization, I think that's a good one. And folks, if you want to yeah. see what visual crystallization looks like, look on my motherfucking Instagram because my plants are beautiful. Now I'm just, I am a I little can verify serious. That. <laughs> I am serious. You know, the thing is, and Bree, you probably know this from the the old days. The legacy days. Yes. Um, you get some cannabis that's clearly just been smashed into a bag, and you know it. It you can't even really see trichomes. It looks sad. It does. Yeah. And it just—they're all at the bottom. Of, if you shine a light in there, you could see where they fell off and were smashed in the bag, and they're on the bottom of the bag. That was fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, the only time you really got some really nice frosty flowers or if they were in the jars but if they're in the bags that was done yeah so i mean at least we found out where uh where the idea came from that's pretty cool it's on the cigarassociation.org and you know whether or not it's true to cannabis um i i feel like that's maybe yet to be determined but no less i think it's something to keep in mind um, I guess yeah. what I'm saying is, folks, don't freak out too much about color. But if there's thing, other things going on, definitely, you know, maybe stop and try to assess, assess what's going on. And if you got it from a dispensary, maybe reach out, um, try to describe, or reach out to the cultivator, like Bree said, describe the problem, try to open dialogue, and um, ultimately just go with your instinct. You know, I think one thing that we do have to make clear for the rookies is that you're going to cough. It's not like it's any, I mean, it's going to make you cough. Um, yeah. So it's, I don't know. That's a tough question. It's a really tough question. 
also with um you can see that with vape carts too though i noticed we get a lot of questions of why is this one particular call cart making me cough versus the other people don't realize that one we're in a weird season it's a little wet but also dry and going back and forth between the two so your body is probably filled with mucus and you probably have post nasal drip that you didn't even notice until you started touching that one cart which happens also each cart reacts to each battery different so absolutely that is a really good thing to say because some folks post uh on social media like you know that a cart just got roasted through you know and they felt like it didn't uh last at all and i i just always start with the battery like honestly i so it, it took me a while to find a good battery but what you have to look for folks is a battery that you can modulate the power um on mm-hmm. and i i put it down as low as i could go which on my vape which i guess i'll i'll say the make and model so that folks if you want to get it um it works well. I, I think there are plenty of upgrades that could make it better. Um, but the Exus Push is what I use. Um, so if you go to, if you That's search That's a nice it, one. Yeah, it's, it's nice because uh, with the half gram cartridges, um, the, the reason it's called a push is- It doesn't is burn be- through them. Well, it doesn't burn through them because you can, you know, turn it super low. But the other thing that's pretty cool about the model is that it's called a push because you can slide the cartridge like up and down. And so when you're done using it, you slide it down and then there's a little stopper you put over it so that you can put it in your pocket. It doesn't get any lint in your cartridge. Keep It, it honestly doesn't even look like a vaporizer at all when you've got it in the compact design. Like if anything, it looks like one of those external phone batteries you know that you use for a little extra juice um yeah yeah they're pretty pretty nifty little but that's an important point um have a good battery um know that with your battery even being amazing every cart that they make was made for a battery they tested and that they purchased so you're not going to get that same thing that they expected you to get um, your battery might be burning it just a little bit too hot, resulting in really, really hot smoke. Not only that, a lot of people hit it like you would hit a joint. Don't do that. <laughs> this yeah. is still a concentrate, and it's going to hit your lungs really hard, and you're going to cough. Also, um, lungs are meant to ingest air from the air, not hot right. cannabis vapor. So expect a cough. Yeah, like you're we've, fine. I promise we've talked you, to Dr. Fine. Lee about it. You're literally, it's as if you were in a house fire or near a fire. I mean, you're inhaling hot, hot air. So it's going to make you cough. Um, there are definitely it's, better uh, And methods. certain terps make you cough. Certain sure. terpenes make you cough. I can't stress that enough. They do. There's nothing you can do about it. It's going to happen. You're fine. The cartridge is fine. I promise you it's fine. Just some make you cough. It's unavoidable. Also, your carts keep getting clogged because you put them in your pocket upside down immediately after you use them. Set them upright. Save yourself. Yep. I am a huge proponent of orienting the cartridges in the correct direction. Glad to hear there's somebody else with as strong opinions as I have about it. Um, Don't do that. Don't just put it in your pocket. No, no, no. Yeah. Don't do that. Okay, well, um, can you think of any other tips, tricks, pointers, whatever, for consumers uh, before we move on to maybe some 
uh, news topics? Um, just, I can't stress enough. A lot of your questions, I promise you, you can answer yourself. Just Google yep. it, bro. Or put, yep. if you Google it and put the word Leafly next to it, I promise you, they have an article that will sound so much smarter than your bud tender and will make sense to you. Us saying it to your face, I promise you, you think you want an in-person explanation. I've seen all of your faces. You never know what I'm talking about in the moment, <laughs> ever. It never makes sense. Yeah. Even when I like sim sim simplify it as simple as I can get it, there's nothing like reading it yourself and digesting it and sitting with it. Think of it like school. Your teacher might have said the ABCs over and over again, but until you went home and sang it yourself and watched it on Sesame Street and did all that, you didn't get it. <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> Hell yeah. Well said. Um, I'm just taking a note for the podcast. Okay, so yeah, let's move on to the next subject. Uh, ready to talk some cannabis news? Yeah, for sure. Let's do it. Okay, so marijuanamoment.net this is a little bit of this is an older report I don't believe we uh, ever like directly covered it on the podcast so I figured hey we need to um, so Kyle Yeager our friend at marijuanamoment.net reported that uh, from January to March Illinois generated about 86 uh, million dollars 80, yeah 86 million in adult use marijuana tax revenue compared to 72 million um, from liquor sales. Um, so Whoa. I hope I'm high in saying that right. Thousand million. Yeah. Okay. When I get high, I can't count or do math. So. Um, no, I can't do math sober. So you're free. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. I can't do it sober either. <laughs> um, that's what we have calculators. I mean, for. it makes sense. Yeah, I, it makes sense about the whole um, history behind why marijuana was made illegal because of the legalization of alcohol. So perfect sense. They don't want your biggest com their biggest competitor legalized, friends. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were saying math makes sense. I was like, I totally disagree with you. But yeah, I no, you, that, <laughs> no, yeah, not that, at all. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, it, like you say, it's uh, that's why um, in other states, I think as we've talked about in the past, um, the alcohol industry is really entrenched in the cannabis industry. Las Vegas is a good example where they uh, mm -hmm. alcohol distributors uh, are cannabis distributors as well. So you can't be like just a cannabis distributor. You have to have a license to distribute alcohol in order to distribute cannabis. And it's, I believe, something that the alcohol industry lobbied hard for uh, when they were talking adult use legalization in Nevada. So, Just like they lobby for something else, friends, in the past. It's all there. Yeah. Are you alluding to lobbying against homegrow? What are you, what are you talking yep. about? Okay. Lobbying yeah. against homegrown, lobbying against uh, cannabis legalization and how it became the class that it did. Because I just read this uh, book about the history of it. And I was just baffled. You would think that, well, me personally, if I worked in the liquor industry, I would want cannabis legalized because they go perfectly together. I know if you buy a joint, you're going to want some wine. 
Yeah, well, Why I think in uh, I think in Canada, there it's sold at liquor stores or dispensaries as well. I don't know if they call them dispensaries up there. Um, so yeah, I, yeah, um, and I think like it, a perfect handshake. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what was I thinking here? Um, we're talking about alcohol. Oh, um, fuck. I yeah, I can't. I can't think of it right now. I can't think of what I was going to say. There was something else about alcohol and cannabis. It's gone. Whatever. Well, that was cool. I wanted to read about that. (laughs) We're about four weeks late on reporting on that. So, folks, if you want to read more, go to marijuanamoment.net. The headline is, Illinois gets more tax revenue from marijuana than alcohol, state says. It's reported by our friend Kyle Yeager. Um, I'll be damned if he doesn't come on this show. But he's left me unread a few times, so we'll see about that. Um, Don't leave. No, he didn't. He didn't. He didn't leave me unread. I need to correct myself. He didn't leave me unread. He's a busy guy, and he probably didn't even see my message. So, um, I mean, he's like, he's so busy. He's he's so unbelievably busy. And I think um, reporters don't like to be on the other side of the interview. Sometimes, you know, sometimes. Uh, That's fair. That's yeah. They like to be the one interviewing, and so. Um, but I'd like to get somebody from marijuanamoment.net on the show. So, anyways. I do um, not like people bud tending to me. It's very uncomfortable. Don't do that. So, I understand. Oh, when I go to the dispensaries, to yeah, if I go to the dispensary and they, like, try to upsell or, like, you know, bud tend to me, like, do the whole spiel, I'm like, yeah, no. I don't like that. <laughs> yeah, I don't want like, that. Please don't. <laughs> like, I didn't ask for your help type of thing. Yeah, like if I wanted it, I promise you, because sometimes I do say, hey, give me your favorite pre-roll just to see like what they say and like what they're smoking on because I'm curious. But other than that, if it's unsolicited and you're looking at my purchases and you're like bud tending to me, no, I bud tended to myself to get this. I knew what I wanted. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um so, yeah, let's talk about the latest news from GrownIn.com. Uh, Our friends Mike Fouché and Brad Spearson um, will be returning to the show in the future to break these stories down in a, in a way that's much more intric- intricate and, might I say, sober-minded uh, than I'm about to uh, do. Um, but let's take a whack, right? So Gronin obtained the original Illinois dispensary license scores. So, um, if you recall, um, you know, we're in the midst of trying to open up new dispensaries and cultivation licenses and the spreadsheet, and that that, fair. yeah, and make it a fair process. And, um, the spreadsheet that grown in obtained is a tally of scores provided on August 24th, 2020 to the, Oh, Hey, my cat wants to come in and talk about this story. Yeah, I understand that you have strong opinion. I understand that you have strong opinions about this subject, but just give me a second to tell the people about it. Um, So, (laughs) sorry, I'm talking to my cat, trying to make it funny. Um, It's Anyways, the uh, spreadsheet that Gronin obtained is a tally of scores provided on August 24th, 2020 to the Illinois Department of Financial and Professional Regulation by KPMG, which is the accounting firm that was hired to score the dispensary applications last year. 
Although some applica applicants submitted multiple applications, IDFPR lumped those applications into groups for each application, application region, assuming they were only copies of the same application submitted multiple times to obtain more chances at a final lottery. Um, by law, dispensary licenses were supposed to be issued by May 1st, 2020, but on April 28th, Governor J.B. Pritzker issued a delay um, an executive order delaying the license under the pretense that COVID-19 had overwhelmed state officials. A subsequent grown-in investigation found that actually delays were largely due to missteps by regulators. The scores were finally released on September 3rd, 2020, and then immediately contested in court. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot a lot to, to break down in this. Again, I'm probably... I'm going to defer to them to, to do it in a more eloquent manner. But, folks, this data is available, published, um, and you can you know download it, break it down however you'd like. And, of course, there's more commentary on grownin.com. Um, but what a wild story. And, Bree, this is something that you said you know we were talking about before the show. There's a lot that's happened since the last time we've talked. So, Yeah, for sure. It's so much that's happened that... Um, I believe the last interview I did, I stressed enough about how the consumer has a lot more power than they think they do. You support these dispensaries, you're supporting them. And enough has been told and has been exposed where you have to know that you kind of are playing a part and continuing the cycle. So, you know, like you said, support your local people because they need your support now more than ever. Not only that, if you see the places you're actually supporting, those people earned your support. Unlike, you know, the big flashy dispensary that you see that has the $10 chillum that I just spoke about how much I hate, you know, spend your money where it's actually going to be valued. Yeah. So, um, another thing they grown in.com reported on was that, there was a halt put on dispensary case on the Illinois dispensary case until the state gets to the lottery phase. So, um, Cronin reports that the Illinois cannabis Illinois cannabis regulators got a bit of breathing room last week as Cook County Circuit Judge ordered a stay to a lawsuit charging that the dispensary licensing process is unconstitutional. As a result of the decision, the state can move unfettered to award. 75 dispensary licenses that have been delayed since May 2020, but the judge will allow the case to go forward again. Um, oh, I think they meant to say the state can't move unfettered, and now they're saying, but the judge will allow the case to go forward again once the licenses move to a lottery phase. So um, the licenses have to move to a, a, a lottery phase. The suit was brought by a WAW group um, and it was first the Illinois Department of Financial and Professional Regulations. Um, they f they were uh, basically saying that the veterans' bonus points tallied in the dispensary application scoring process created a special class of applicants, which was illegal under the Illinois Constitution. Um, because the scoring Fair. was so tight, the suit says only applicants led by veterans can receive a perfect score to enter the final lottery, which disadvantages every other applicant. Um, so yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy so stuff. So they're releasing 72, 72 of them? 
Um, I'm sorry, we're, we're 75. 75. So does 75 that mean like we're just going to 75 dispensary licenses are going to go to a lottery phase. And I believe only like 20, I think it was only 21 people actually got the 75. So roughly, you know what I mean? I just feel like there's just going to be dispensaries everywhere and there's going to be another product shortage. I literally feel it. Well, the problem I think that a lot of that might may or may not be short-sighted is that, I mean, you're right more dispensaries are not going to solve the problem. In fact, you know, if, if you have these social equity, uh, dispensaries, like it's possible that during, you know, think about it. These people have been fighting for this for a while and maybe they've made waves. Mm -hmm. And if they, if there's only, you know, 21 people producing cannabis in the state of Illinois, if they've made enough waves, those people, I would say, could realistically decide either to raise their rates, you know, to, to just kill them, mm -hmm. um, or not sell to them at all. I mean, I don't know that there are any um, requirements that, that any store has to sell to another. Um, I, the only requirement I'm aware of is that you can't have more than a certain percentage of a product on your shelf in Illinois. But that, you know, exactly. again... exactly. That has nothing to do with the purchasing. So, um, I, I so they, really... that's the parts that make me iffy, like the yeah. back end parts. Like, yeah, sure, award the licenses, but what does this look like for cultivation and product? What does this look for, look like for what they have access to product wise? Well, you know, from what I understand, what the, whole the, logistics? the whole cultivation license process is held up until this gets resolved because the way they look at it is that. You know, KPMG is scoring the cultivation licenses as well. Um, this has been mired in controversy from what I understand. They're going to wait until all this plays out before. I don't understand the logic behind it. I feel like we could walk and chew bubblegum on this, and I feel like it would help if we did. Um, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, I feel like cultivation should go first. Yeah. Period. Because always need product. You will never not need product. Also, it would help reduce the prices of everything now that is ridiculously priced. So that you would just start there logically. So yeah. that one, when those places open, it wouldn't be like how it was last year where you had places opening and then we had nothing for everyone. Right. No weed at the, disp at the dispensary. Crazy stuff. None. And purchasing limits. I see it happening again. That's my thing. I see the entire thing happening again slowly if they don't start with cultivation first. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think, uh, I think that, I think that a lot of the dispense or a lot of the cultivators are in the midst of gigantic expansions. Um, and yeah, I think that they probably have more cannabis than um, they're like letting on. I don't know. I feel like in some cases, like there's a little bit of a, a hold back or or whatever. Um, the other thing that I think is is bound to happen is as soon as cultivation licenses get awarded, I've been saying I wouldn't be surprised to see just a price drop across the board by all the cultivators to just kind of make it harder on a new cultivator. Um, to, to make it, you know, in this industry. 
So let's say when new cultivation good. licenses, I, I, did you say good? Yeah. Cause some of this stuff is too high. Well, okay. I agree, but you, you get what I'm saying. Like, so what, what they're saying, it what I'm, be... what I'm saying is like, if, uh, so it's let's say Chicago Kush gets their license, right? Uh, and the day they pop seeds in the soil, all of a sudden, you know, all the big names that are already operating drop their prices to $30 an eighth and all that shit. Like, in other words, making it almost impossible for like a small time cultivator to scale up because the small time cultivators are going to have to sell probably at that $60 an eighth price range. I don't think they're going to go any lower. But like, I feel like they're worth it. I agree. Like, they're I worth agree. that definitely they're, they're worth me paying that 60 dollars. so i would i would think that would honestly put all of the current cultivators in the fair scale that you should be paying for them so that's okay. the only reason i say good because now we're paying what you're worth i think you are worth only 30 dollars. <laughs> hey i, I think they're well worth said. that i can respect that i can respect that so um this is a interesting part of the article um judge I'm going to probably butcher this judge's name. Moshi Jacobius ruled that because the state is still in the process of scoring licenses, no harm has been has yet been done to the applicants. Quote, I didn't want to rule on the arguments of the state because there has been no implementation, end quote, he said in the hearing last Thursday. Jacobius also ordered the state to inform the court of when they have completed scoring and prepared a lottery date. And this is the part I was telling you about that I think is good, Bree. Giving a hint of when the state expects to be completed, attorneys for the state agreed to hold a status hearing on the case on July 15th. So nice. I think that's a hint of when the lottery is going to be set up. Um, separately, Judge Jacobius also agreed to dismiss the case against accounting firm KPMG, who is contracted by the state to manage the scoring process. Jacobius dismissed KPMG as a defendant on the grounds that Illinois law protects contracted accountants from lawsuits against uh, actions taken by the state. So, um, now that's the bad news. That is definitely, in my opinion, not good news. Um, with how yeah, ridiculous no. I could have handled, I think that scoring process better. Put me on a cross and Five year olds could if have. you guys disagree, but you know, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, the fact that they had to to remind people the fact that they had to fly um, fucking thumb drives. So they so first of all they contracted it out of state to Florida. And they sent these thumb drives to Florida to these people that were going through the, uh, you know, the applications and scoring them. And some of the the thumb drives weren't working, and so they had to bring it back to Illinois. I, I can't remember if they flew or they drove, but they had to send somebody physically back to Illinois, you know, because God forbid we use email, right? Um, it's like. It's just so crazy. Like Why I say, I feel like. It, so your emails aren't secure enough is what I heard. But also, uh, this is hey, ridiculous. I mean, fair. I, I understand there's security concerns. I mean, I know Lori Lightfoot, for example. No, that was a question. 
I wasn't agreeing. <laughs> oh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that it could have been done through email. I don't think there's... I mean, I guess you could send... You could consider the security plan and uh, their layout maybe um, of concern but uh, you know it's the they could have did a google drive that you log into yeah too. yeah exactly exactly so a shared google drive so yeah that's uh that's illinois cannabis news um you know pretty interesting stuff like i say the folks from grownin.com will be back on the show in the future to more eloquently break that down um can speak they can say words much better than i can so especially their own words they can report on their own words much better than i can so um yeah crazy stuff brie crazy stuff witnessing history in so many different ways can't wait to tell my kids yeah i i uh justine and i were talking about that the other day it's like one of these days um we're going to be able to tell somebody about what we lived through. And I just started laughing. I was like, I don't know who, cause we're not going to have any kids or anything, but, but somebody, you know, so we're going to be able to, Hey, you want to, do you want to hear what I've been through? <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Like, like kids run away. Cause I'm the old man. What the industry was like. <laughs> right. Do you want to know what that pot you were like that your smoking was like before you got it? It I was mean, terrible. Honestly, when I go to uh, states that, are not legal i just am like blown away that that's a thing like i went to tennessee before the pandemic started to go see stand-up comedy we were smoking weed on the street and i had to remind myself i was like oh shit like i gotta kind of be keep you know aware of my surroundings a little profile yeah fucking when the fucking backwoods tennessee you know that whole thing and it's like it's so normal now and it's so mainstream it's like why do you even want to bother me it's literally like me just waving at you at this point this is a normal thing also i feel like the medical card i feel like every state in the country dropped the ball and not making it a okay if you have a medical card statewide you're good you're good because if I have a medical card, obviously you're using it for medical purposes, and obviously I'm going to travel. Why wouldn't I bring my medicine with me? Duh. You just need to stay your ass at home, Bree. That's what they say. I'm just joking. This is it's it just gets dumber and dumber the the more you ask questions. Because why wouldn't I travel with my medicine that yeah. I got a prescription for? Why am I limited to a certain amount? You know. Right. Why can't I, you know, what I want to do with it? Why did you tell me I can grow it, but you gave me no access to seeds? Yep, absolutely. Um, So the United States Air Force Material Command tweeted, they they made a tweet on May 8th at 1 p.m., and they said, hemp, CBD, and traces of THC can be found in a number of products like shampoos, lotions, and lip balms that you can buy in the open market, but you can't bring them onto a federal installation. Even if you're, even if it's for your pet, it's still illegal. Hashtag know the rules. Um, this was reported by Kyle Yeager. The tweet's still alive. Um, 
yeah, don't bring your dog's CBD-infused shampoo on federal military bases. Um, they're going to get you. It, it, it lathers so way too well. Understand. The no, way that it lathers, it's fucking just the military can't even handle it. That's the problem, Bree. So there's the answer to your question. I've, I don't understand the whole CBD, THC, and your dog thing. That's the thing that's baffling me. I feel like I've never seen my pet or any pet and said, you want to try this? Well, Tech Sergeant, Ky Tech Sergeant Kyle Majorana said, even if it's for your pet, still illegal he said uh, he stressed that the line between state and federal law begins and ends at our gates god damn it he said that no he didn't say the god damn it part well, what, is, like, what is the dog gonna do it's the it's the dog, the dog shampoo. some you, things are the just dog will get high ridiculous. and then start you don't understand Bree. you don't you don't understand. The dog is going to get high as shit and start raping white women. And once that starts happening, it is fucking DEFCON 5 in that motherfucker. You don't you don't just give a dog uh, CBD shampoo and think that everything's going to be alright. Okay? I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I like, to, I like to act like I'm funny every no. once in a while. You're hilarious. I'm just stoned. <laughs> but I'm still baffled that, like, this is not okay. It's dog shampoo. What do you want me to do? Drink it? Like, nothing's going to happen, sir. Nothing. Right. Yeah, let's see. They said something in the previous year, it looks like, according to Marijuana Moment. Um, the Air Force warned members to be extra careful around quote grandma's miracle sticky buns that might contain marijuana hmm. Ooh, that sounds pretty awesome Where, how do i get that your friends I need that. okay here here you go your friends grandma's miracle sticky buns might look mighty tasty and get rave reviews at the big shindig but if you're in the military or work for the federal government you might want to think twice and make sure that they weren't made to treat her bad hip first before you jeopardize your goddamn career. Um, yeah, pretty serious stuff. From I don't the, understand uh, that because everyone in the military I know smokes weed. Every single last person. Well, so yeah, Verano, Verano delivers to military bases. Boom. Um, <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, you know, they fucking deliver. It's like pizza. Pizza and Verano weed. And so, what a slap into the face to our service members. I'm, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. You know? No, that's a serious statement. What a slap in the face to our service members. Let them, <laughs> They are out of everyone who's earned that joint, they've earned that joint. Yeah, let's see. Um, just reading more about marijuana moment, what marijuana moment has to say about this. In 2019, the Department of Defense announced a policy barring all active and reserve service members from using hemp products, including CBD. The Navy issued an, an initial notice in 2018 informing ranks that they're barred from using CBD, hemp, and hemp products no matter the legality. Then in 2020, it released an update explaining why it enacted the rule change. I don't, let's see. They announced why it banned um, 
Hemp Shampoos, the Navy, says that the move was done to protect sailors from potential tetrahydrocannabinol exposure that could negatively impact mission readiness and disqualify a sailor from continued service. It is impossible for consumers to determine how much THC a product actually contains in the current environment where label claims are not trustworthy. So, um, yeah. It's Crazy literally stuff. like hearing grandma's conspiracy theories. If they yeah. got made into laws. Man, apparently NASA even said that, that CBD products could contain unauthorized THC concentrations that could cost employees their jobs. How can you not? Man, I was literally just watching some space movie the other day, and I was telling Justine, I was like, if I ever go to space, I'm taking at least 18 dab pens with me. And just, a you know, a, a whole bunch of concentrate oh, in my Puffco. You know? Just so that I can float and use it. I want to float and use it at the same time. Yeah. I feel like that could be troubling, actually, though, if you think about it. You know, you're trying to keep your dab in the bucket. Uh, and you want it oh, to... Oh, I thought you meant, like, body-wise. Oh, no. I was talking about bringing my Puffco up. I was talking about bringing my fucking dab pin up. But I don't know if it would work in zero-G. Oh, no. That's some high shit right there. You don't think it probably about those things. could. Like, it for sure could. I feel like I maneuvered enough with it in weird ways, high, that I could figure it out. You know what you got to do? I bet you just put it on this thing that like spins, and that would like manufacture gravity. You know. For sure. For there sure. But I there would also go. try to do it flip because I live NASA, on the edge. Yeah, there you go. NASA, employ me. Employ me. All right. Please. Well, yeah, that's uh, yeah. I'll do all the tests you guys want in space. I'll even supply. I'll bring my own homegrown up there. You know, you don't even gotta, you don't even gotta like, make any uh, purchases. Though I would appreciate some contribution. Um. So yeah. But I will not drink my pee. I will not drink my pee. <laughs> what is that? Something you got to do in NASA? I drop one. So sometimes they recycle their pee and like filter it into water. What? That might be a myth, but that's something that I heard that they can like have the ability to do to recycle pee and then you filter it a certain way and now it's water. Because technically you can drink pee. Okay, hold on a second. Do astronauts recycle their urine? In two thousand nine, American astronauts began recycling urine using a system called a urine processor assembly, which could reclaim 75% of the available water. NASA engineers have since improved urine recycling efficiency. The secret ingredient is called alternate urine pretreatment solution. Oh, you son of a bitch, Bree. You're right. Right? I will not, I will not drink my pee. That's where I draw the line. But this, they get the secret ingredient that that uh, increases the urine recycling efficiency. It's probably some nope, really good. Nope. If water. I know it's pee, and I know it's pee, that's nope. I know it's pee. <laughs> I know it is. I feel you. I feel you. Yeah. I, I don't know if I'd be able to do it either. Be pretty crazy stuff. Um. Well, I don't know that. Uh, I've got any more marijuana stories, uh, cannabis news to talk about with you today. Let me see if there's anything Damn, that's been... I... I mean, New York legalized, finally. 
Yeah. Congrats to New York. Did they, uh, are you allowed to grow your own in New York? Um, I believe so. Um, I don't, they don't know how anything is operating. They really just announced that they legalized, but you know how here there was always like a, we're thinking of legal, having purchase dates start on this date. We're thinking you can do this, this, this. I did not see that same rollout with NY. It was just kind of like, we're legalized. Silence. Huh. Well, can they purchase from the store? No. They don't even have the effective purchase date announced yeah. yet. It looks like... Um... And they also... Go ahead. They have weird products. So I don't... If they did start recreational purchases now, no one would be happy with what they have. The yeah, cartridges do they still not even have the smokable flour? Or do they have smokable flour yet? They do. Okay. But it's ground up. It's ground up finer than shake, almost. So you can't get, like, buds? No. You have to get vaporizable flour that's ground up. Oh, I thought they changed that, but they haven't yet. They're they're probably. Nope. I feel like they're about they to. They should, and it would be very hopeful if they did. But so far, it's still only ground flour, and then you have to buy it in either eighth or quarter increments, which I think is a little stupid, especially with it being ground up. So yeah, they're weird. They also don't have a really big uh, edible selection either. Or cartridge selection, and you're not allowed to know the strains. Um, you can't have those written down or explicitly stated. So I'm not sure. Yeah, so I'm not sure how they're going to shift or even when that happens because there's so much that needs to shift for it to mirror any type of recreational. Anybody? I don't know. I don't know. Oh, I think there's something. All right, sorry, folks. If you heard what I heard, Bree sounded like a demon. Um, but she's back, and she sounds don't mind that. She sounds normal. She just it was like Hulk power or something. I don't know. Um, anyways, we were talking about New York and the fact that they don't have vape, they don't have smokable flour at this point. Pretty crazy stuff. Um, but I did get an answer um, to uh, if New Yorkers can grow cannabis plants. Um, the answer is not yet. Under MRTA, New Yorkers 21 and up will be able to grow up to three ma mature plants and three immature plants. You know, those silly ones that are immature. Um, if there are multiple people living at one residence, then they can grow up to six mature plants and six immature plants per household. How soon will this be possible? Well, the answer is no later than 18 months after the first legal marijuana sale in New York. This means not until 2023 at the earliest. Bless you. Um, this will be regulated by the Office of Cannabis Management. And uh, from uh, Axel Burnaby, counsel to uh, Andrew Cuomo, he says, sort of the idea is to delay it a little bit, allow the dispensaries to get up, up and running, allow folks to have access through re regulated channels, and then if they still want to grow on their own, like craft brewery, beer you would be able to do that and we would issue regulations 18 months from the first sale just sounds like a bunch of bullshit to me 
personally because uh, I understand the idea of giving getting folks access through the regulated channels, um, but I don't understand the idea that we need to delay it um, because the truth of truth of the matter is, if somebody's growing cannabis, they're already doing it. And so you should just like let yeah. them fucking do it and and stop with the games of, hey, we're gonna do it eighteen months after the first legal sale, because don't be shocked, people, to not see them hold up uh, their end of the deal on that eighteen months thing. I'm just saying. Oh, for sure. I don't like I said with the way I'm seeing things now. I don't think recreational is on the horizon anytime soon. I don't know how, just those conversations of switching product over to making logical sense in a recreational sense. um, I don't know how that looks Yeah. because the products are very weird. If you took a look at a leafly menu for dispensaries, like, and that's any dispensary, the product is structured a little funky that even I have hard, a hard time keeping up with. It changes. It's by color um, instead of like species, which I kind of like, but also color is considered ratios, like 20 to 1. And they flip the numbers for them. The first number is the THC. The first the number is the THC. And the second number is the CBD. So it's weird. Gotcha. Gotcha. For a moment... You went back to the robot voice, but that's okay. You're back. You were back to normal, um, and I, I at least understood what you were saying. So, um, but uh, yeah, um, you're on Instagram at Bree the Connoisseur. I need to check the spelling on that because I'm gonna throw that in the description of the podcast, folks. So if you just want to copy and paste it into your Instagram application, or if you're using it from the web. Um, you can you can follow Bree on Instagram and get connected and see all the cool things she infuses because, like she said, she infuses a lot. Um, so, a lot. yeah, Bree, any uh, any final words you want to say before we um, before we end this shindig, as the army likes to say? I think that was smoke a lot of weed and drink a lot of water and mind your business and the world will be great hey i think that's just about the best thing anybody's ever said to close the show i I couldn't agree more um so folks once again we were joined by brie the connoisseur um give her a follow on instagram uh she'll be back on the chill on my podcast she's our good friend um so stay tuned uh for that um and i i don't really have any stay tuned for our upcoming lineup we've got a lot of cool things coming up including shows with uh, manny mendoza from herbal notes uh he's been on uh, the netflix show cooked with cannabis he actually won the episode that he was on he's super cool he's cooked for justine and i he's cooked for justine multiple times cooked for justine and i once uh awesome chef has great events um local to chillinois um like I say, check out his company, Herbal Notes, if you want to see kind of what they're doing or if you want to s- support him, stay, stay tuned for our show with him. Um, we've got our show with Chai High Tours coming out. Those are some super cool folks that are doing super cool things. Um, so definitely check out that episode. It drops 
this Saturday. Um, so check that out. Um, we've got other shows coming up that are that are really cool. We've, we're going to be doing a series of shows on cannabis remediation, which is my latest obsession. Um, we are going to you know talk about the multiple methods um, with a with a little bit of a focus on irradiation, which is a you know a form of cam- cannabis remediation that's being used in Illinois and is pretty popular in Canada. You know, as I said in the last time I talked about this show, I'm not suggesting anything crazy is going on. I'm not necessarily suggesting um, that, you know, you've got anything particularly to worry about because um, you can read on FDA's websites that, you know, there are foods in the United States that are irradiated. Um, I believe cashews is a really good example. They're pretty prone to mold, so it's a product that's often irradiated and Radiation doesn't mean that, uh, I think in the past maybe I said it a little weird, and maybe even I was under, I'm not going to lie, I was kind of under the understanding that maybe it would get some sort of radiation from the process. Apparently it doesn't. Radiation doesn't, like, add a radioactive, like, you couldn't put a Geiger counter next to, you know, a radiated product and it starts clicking or anything, apparently. But... We're gonna have people much more, much smarter than I, on to talk about it. That have actually done a little bit of research, wrote papers on it. One of them's even kind of done like a dissertation on it. So he spent a lot of time on the process or on the topic um, itself. So it should be cool stuff to talk about. I'm sure I'm forgetting some guests, but the point is, stay tuned, folks. And Bree, thank you so much for your time today. Um, let's take a hit to close out the of show. Of course. What are you smoking on right now? I am smoking on a random cartridge that was gifted to me. I wish I paid attention to the strain, but <laughs> it, it was after a tolerance break, so I really just ripped it open Word. and threw the box away. <laughs> Word. Well, cheers to that. Cheers to that. Cheers. This was great. Yeah. Take care, Chill and I. We'll see you next time.